Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello, and welcome to the Hall of Fame podcast. Today we're going to talk to one of the most highly acclaimed creative directors of today, Janet Froelich. For 22 years, she was the art and creative director of the New York Times magazine and made it and its supplements into one of the most awarded magazines of our time. Hi, Janet. How are you, Ika? I'm fine, thanks. You've been called a visual journalist. Can you explain what that expression might mean? It sounds very lofty. I, I, I don't know. It might be a little inaccurate as a term, but I, I kind of love it because um, I began um, my design uh, life working for newspapers. I started at the Daily News, moved on to the New York Times. And at the Times, it certainly fostered this idea of, of visual journalism. Uh, you know, in the early years when I was there, it was almost a fireable offense not to have read the newspaper every day and come to work in the morning ready to discuss world events and trends and be ready to interpret them, ready to explain them. And so I really thought of myself as a journalist, uh, um, uh, uh, collecting, writing, distributing news. Um, when I moved over to tea, it was you know a little less about the journal journalism, but those values still pertained. A, a kind of truth speaks to beauty. <laughs> And um, and I've kept those values as I've moved on to Real Simple. I, I, I love it. It's about storytelling, but it's about real stories. How did you become an art director? I, you know, I began as a fine artist. Uh, um, I studied fine art in both uh, undergraduate and, and graduate school. And, uh, and I practiced fine art for, oh, maybe 10 years. I taught school to support myself. Um, but I found that life very lonely, and I, uh, I found myself involved with a group of women um, in the 1970s who were putting out a, um, something called Heresies, a feminist uh, publication on art and politics. And I spent a lot of time with them hashing out stories and ideas and thinking about the art world and women. And I slowly took on the role of art director there. I mean, I wasn't the only art director. There were others. But I loved it. I loved the the meetings and and the conversations and the collaboration and and it became so exciting to me I I stopped painting and and I began to pick up the skills needed to become an art director I mean I wasn't an art director right away I was a designer in the beginning uh, but uh, I I um, I loved it I and I've never looked back it's a really extraordinarily engaging um, and um, and consuming field. And I've done it now for, I think, 35 years. How do you think your background within fine arts as a painter, how has that affected your art direction? Well, art direction is a lot about choosing people to work with. It's um, about exploring visual ideas and, and figuring out ways to tell stories visually. 
And I think my experience in the art world has uh, led me to look for fresh voices to find artists and art world photographers to contribute, to think about ideas in a, um, in a broader way. And I, uh, it just helps me become, uh, stay kind of current in, the, in visual culture. I spend a lot of time in galleries and museums. I'm always looking at, at art. And I, I think this raises the bar. I think this um, this always makes things more complex, more layered, more nuanced, and more contemporary. When working at the New York Times magazine, which you did for two decades, this um, view that you had about art and looking at art and seeing how you wanted to to encompass art within art direction, um, how was that met? I, at the Times, always met with um, enthusiasm. It is a unique publication. It doesn't have to sell itself on the newsstand. You don't have to uh, go commercial with it. You you can go deep. And the readership, uh, which is, I, I think, upwards of two million, um, is a very sophisticated audience and well-versed in the metaphors and ideas of of art and design. And by the way, I don't think it all has to be art with a capital A. I think that um, high and low meld and blend and are equally important um, in the culture. But it it was really, you know, sort of met with open arms. Um, And I think, you know, I wasn't the first one to do this. Ruth Ansel had Andy Warhol do covers for her. Um, I looked to Ruth Ansel as a role model. Uh, even though she's not that much older than I am, she'd been doing it longer, and um, and she was certainly an inspiration. So this isn't something I invented. This is this is in the culture. I just think it 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 expands what we do as art directors. Working at the New York Times Magazine, as you did for a long time, uh, what was the biggest challenge about working there? Oh my gosh, the biggest challenge was the turnaround. It was 52 issues a year, 52 covers a year. News would break and we would have to try to find a way to get it in in no time. Um, And what many people don't understand is the production cycle at the New York Times Magazine. Um, I'm sure it's the same or close to the same now, but it would go to the press a, a week before you got it in your newspaper because it has to be printed and inserted into what they call the Sunday combo, um, which is now the Saturday combo. And so it it has a a kind of frozen in time aspect to it, which means that you can't be like a newspaper. You have to be more like, um, like a magazine with a long range thinking about ideas and you have to give a real depth to stories. And that's very challenging, especially on a, a weekly cycle. We thought of ourselves as putting out a monthly magazine 52 times a year. And it often was really, really rough schedule. And the first lesson learned is that you can't be brilliant all the time. And sometimes it's, as we say here in the United States, it's fish wrap, um, which means that I, maybe they say it in Great Britain as well. It's, it's you know, it is, it's throwaway. It, it, you do it and then you move on to the next thing. It's not precious. It's not precious, although I think ideas are always precious. How did you find inspiration to turn out so many magazines per year? Oh, well, you know, it, it's, I had this extraordinary roster of designers who worked with me and for me. Um, 
So it, it, it really is about collaboration. It's about understanding how to direct a team, how to be a part of a team, how to listen to the best ideas, how to let good things happen through conversation, how to throw darts at the wall and hope that one of them lands in the bullseye. Nobody does this alone. Nobody. And it's always the advice I give young people, work with the best people, always work with the best people. You left the New York Times in 2009 and started working at a magazine called Real Simple. How would you describe the magazine and what was your vision for the magazine? Well, the magazine is a women's magazine. It reaches more than two million women. Uh, and its audience is very devoted um, and it's almost like a little cult. Sometimes I, I tell people where I work and tears come to their eyes and they say, oh, I love that magazine. It's a very different publication than anything at the Times. It has a much more personal relationship to its reader. Uh, it's a much more intimate uh, publication, much less about the news, although we, I believe, are, are still very contemporary and very newsy. And so it's not really my vision for the magazine, but the reader's vision. And in the beginning, I found it difficult, to be honest, because I was used to the, the sophistication and the breadth of the New York Times reader and f- to the fact that they wanted anything I, not I thought, but we thought um, was interesting. But this reader is looking for something much more usable and practical and relatable and normal. And so it was a real challenge um, to begin to understand how to craft that and how to create beauty out of those values. What are the differences between making covers for the newsstand, as you do with Real Simple, and making covers for the New York Times magazine? Well, huge difference, enormous difference. The job here is, a newsstand here is so important. At the Times, the cover of the magazine did not sell the paper, so... I didn't, my my success or failure did not rise or fall on how many copies sold. It was the newspaper that sold and the magazine is inside of it. With this magazine, with Real Simple, every month I'm tested how many people buy it on the newsstand. The, The numbers never lie and you're only as successful as the number of people who buy that on the newsstand. And it's a really hard bar. Um, and especially since we don't put Angelina Jolie on the cover, it is, you know, we, we put flowers on the cover and couches and plates of food and needles and thread and concepts about um, cleaning and, um, and organizing your life. And, and they're difficult because they have to be clear and they have to grab the reader and they have to feel aspirational, and it has to feel like, I, I can't do without this magazine, I must buy this, because people need to feel that they, they can't pass it up. And that's hard. Um, and it's a very different kind of cover. Where do you find inspiration to your work today? Oh, such a good question and such a hard question. Um, you know, I, I still think I find inspiration in the people I work with. We have this marvelous stylist, um, Jeffrey Miller, who is always bringing me books um, and samples and artwork that he's been looking at. Um, I, I find it um, in books that come out on decorating. Um, I find it in uh, 
the Museum of Modern Art, which is right across the street from my office, so I spend a lot of lunch hours there. Um, I do look through uh, the history of graphic design from for um, typographic ideas, but this magazine is so much about photography that I, I spend a lot of time looking at images. Um, and I guess that's, you know, for the most part, where the inspiration comes from. Thank you so much for taking time out to talk to Hall of Fam's Janet Froelich. Of course. Thank you, Ika. It's been a pleasure. You have listened to a Hall of Fam podcast. Interview by Ika Johansson, sound by Christer Oreteg, and music by Anja Bigrell. Please check out the Hall of Fam website at holofam.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.